Lights, camera, action. Hey guys. Hi. How you doing? How you doing? Let me get my thank you. uh, Thanks for giving us some of your time today. Yeah, yeah, cool, cool. Uh, hey, you guys picked three of my movies. How can I resist? <laughs> <laughs> Let me uh, get you full screen. Hang on. All right. I'll sound, do I sound fine? Yeah, yeah. perfect. Yeah, Thank you. Okay, cool. Wait, so where are you guys all located? So we're all in, like, southwest of England. So cool. Good timing for us. And uh, 8 o'clock in the evening, all settled down. We've watched all three films back in the last couple of days to give ourselves a uh, are fresh again so we've had a good few uh, good few nights watching them cool thanks i need the residuals so it's good <laughs> <laughs> not a whole lot of movie making going on during this pandemic Did you guys well, shut yeah. down again not They're yet kind of threatening it in the hope that it stops people before they have to literally like kind of put it in stone i think yeah all my my friends from london i'm like i'm like what is it they're like going out every night with no mask <laughs> <It's> <laughs> insanity <laughs> Yeah, uh, thankfully we're not we're not down there, so it's not as bad for us. Cool. Well, thank you for um, you know putting all three of my movies on your list. I'm uh, flattered. Yeah. And, I mean, uh, so that's, we kind of we used to talk about sports and everything shut down as we just referenced. So we've gone back through everything that we've kind of liked through our lifetimes. Really, this uh, these films being some of them, and obviously no one better to speak to than uh, the man behind the camera. <laughs> that would be me. <laughs> <laughs> if we kind of do them in order so we're not taking you uh, from the wedding singer to here to there kind of thing. I mean, the wedding singer, at least on IMDb, is your second credited role as a director. And then you kind of have the small task of doing Adam Sandler's first film, Post Happy Gilmore, where he's probably like as big as he's been at this point. So how, how do you get, well, I guess, how do you get to that point of, taking over a wedding singer and directing the film that you're going to do. How did they get me to be the guy? Yeah. So how well, do you... um, me and Adam go way back to NYU film school. So we know each other since we're 18. Um, uh, we, uh, we, uh, he used to do stand up and then we befriended each other and uh, we used to just make each other laugh all the time. And, and then he's in a bunch of my short student projects and, uh, and then we used to just jam and write funny songs and, I'd go see him do stand up and we'd give him feedback and we'd watch him go. He was great because he would go and he'd go up there and just fail miserably on a Monday night. And by Friday, he'd figure out his whole act. And we were sort of his sounding board and, you know, um, go back to the dorm, smoke some weed, figure out how to make it funnier. Um, (laughs) uh, So I had that relationship with him. And then I had, I'll try to do this quick. I had done a movie, a little um, film noir. I like kind of dark stuff too, believe it or not. And, um, and Adam was having his success in uh, LA, uh, in LA doing Happy Gilmore and Billy Madison. Billy Madison, one of my favorites, by the way. I don't know if it made, you, your list is great, by the way. I don't know if Billy was on there, but it is one of my favorites, along with That's My Boy of Sandler. Um, so uh, just to cut to the chase, he was doing an album, a comedy album, and he said, come out here and work on the album. You know, this is what we do really good. So I worked on What the Hell Happened to Me, and we did a bunch of skits and they became like stoner favorites. Like there's a talking goat skit. I play the old man. So I, I performed and I wrote on some of them. Um, but then I did a music video for one of the songs, Steve Polychronopolis. And then I did, um, 
uh, we did a tour of the concert, some of the songs, like the Hanukkah song and all his collection of comedy songs mixed with like Led Zeppelin and shit like that. And I did all the visuals. And one of the things I did was a visual of a talking goat from the skit that was a real big crowd pleaser. And it opened the concert and it was a stone goat. And it just <laughs> struck a chord and New Line Cinema was courting Sandler to do a movie. And they approached us and said, hey, we want you guys to do the goat movie. And we're like, that's cool. Like, yeah, that'd definitely be a good movie. But we're like, we got this other idea. We think Sam's ready to do a romantic comedy. And I had an idea doing an 80s movie. And Hurley and uh, Adam had the idea of doing a wedding singer. And we pitched it to a producer. And we pushed it to New Line. And, and then, you know, and then the rest is history. Um, so I literally came out to L.A. to work on the album with, like, a bag full of clothes for, like, a week. And I stayed for two years. And I had done... The wedding singer and the water boy back to back, you know. So uh, yeah. it was kind of a, a really productive trip. <laughs> <laughs> we were gonna ask about your relationship with Adam actually, so you kind of you've given us a head start there. <laughs> yeah, he's far, a great guy. He's just a great all around guy and loves to work with his friends. Uh, now he's a great dad and uh I love seeing him stretch his acting muscles in movies like uh, Uncut Gems and yeah. you know, he did a bunch of great yeah. movies before that too. Like I thought um Rain Over Me, he was amazing, you know, on Struggle. He's just a really, he's a great actor. I feel like you guys are going to get to it, but Click was also one of my favorite performances he's ever given. Mm. It was really genuine, but I'll let you get to that on your own. (laughs) (laughs) We're thinking like, with The Wedding Singer as it is, and as good as it is, a large amount of the success, obviously, is kind of backed up by the soundtrack because you kind of associate the two with each other. So how tough was that to tie down all of those songs because we've spoken to other directors and they say you kind of have in your mind the songs that you want but it's not that easy in terms of getting the rights for them to have them in the film well this is the great thing about doing an 80s um, movie a lot of those bands were one hit wonders and so they were actually fucking cheap you know what I mean it was like (laughs) you can get uh, you know you know even some successful ones like the Thompson Twins that song I don't know what the numbers are now you know maybe 10 grand or something where you know, there is like a couple of hit songs in our movie and usually you can't afford them, but like uh, the Bruce Springsteen, Hungry Heart, I think is like $250,000 for a song. So yes, you normally can't afford those those big artists, but luckily most of our songs were, were, were not huge selling artists. So we got a lot of the songs like five grand, 10 grand. And, and um, it was a double platinum uh, soundtrack. We put out two soundtracks and those were the days when people actually bought soundtracks. I have it on my wall. The, the, there it is. That's awesome. very cool. I got That's a very amazing. Um, yeah, so, and that was, I, it's funny because I was more of the new wave guy. Adam's more, uh, you know, more pop when it came to the music, but we, we overlapped a lot with things like the Smiths and the Cure. Um, but it was funny because he would be like, I want to put Hall of Notes. And I'm like, nah, let's put Haircut 100. But I think the meshing of me and him together works really well creatively because we end up doing stuff that everybody likes. I might go too far off into weirdo land. <laughs> I guess on a I guess on a similar note, how did the 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 iconic "Somebody Kill Me" song come about? And did you know straight away that's going to be a, a bit of a show stealer? Uh, uh, um, uh, we always, me and Sandler both had an affinity for the Cure, and we thought yeah. it was so essentially um, '80s and 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 that sort of you know uh, emo. We didn't even say emo then, but it was emo. You know, broken hearted, good went so well with the character and. Uh, 
and Adam had the idea of writing that song and, and thought, oh, it would be really funny if it's a, I wrote half before I met her and half after. So it goes from oh, a, a suicidal <laughs> song. And, uh, I mean, that's, that's some of Sandler's genius is knowing um, the stuff that's going to strike a chord like that. And, 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 mm. and, and I think when we filmed it, uh, we knew it would be uh, 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 a crowd pleaser. <laughs> <laughs> we spoke to um, Tony Orlando who's on That's My Boy and he was telling us some things about it, and he was saying that he was kind of told beforehand that he wasn't going to have to swear the entire time and then they get to the scene in the spa and it's pulled him to one side and <laughs> We're going to get like, our dicks. He said to him like, you've got to do this, it's going to be hilarious. So as you said, he knows exactly kind of the little things that's just gonna yeah I, it's funny i met tony during that time and, and and i go oh god i go now from ever when you walk down the street that's what people are gonna say when they see you <laughs> and he's such a sweet like he's a religious good guy and but he he bit the bullet and he did it and it is one of the funniest lines i yeah. think and that's my boy yeah um, again that i gotta say give credit where credit do i think that's one of the funniest sandler movies you know obviously Making it rated R makes it a little easier. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, they did. They handled that really well, and, and uh, they did a good job or great job directing that. And because you've done, he's done like the uh, songs and things before. I guess it's not as awkward as getting a different actor on the set and saying, "You're going to sing now in a film," and someone kind of go into their shell a bit. And he's done all that before, so I guess he just embraces it, and it works a charm too. <laughs> Yeah, sorry, who were you referring to, though? Uh, Adam, Adam Sandler. So, I mean, him going yeah. on and singing, he's done plenty of that before, so it's not quite Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, songs are, have been a part of his comedy, and I don't know if you saw his most recent um, uh, Netflix, Netflix special. Uh, and, and some of those, Phone Wall of Keys, I don't know, some of those songs are fucking genius. But that's <laughs> been since the college days. Um, he always had his guitar, and we would jam and come up with funny I mean, I have hours and hours of videotapes of songs we could never, ever show. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> <The> unfiltered <laughs> you never know what trivia you see is correct and what isn't and was looking at some last night for um, the wedding singer and you get the casting what ifs and they say that the role of Glenn was originally written with Jim Carrey in mind and then Charlie Sheen Matthew Broderick and Chris McDonald who played Shoot McGavin were all considered for the role are any of those no, someone chucking names out there. Well, well, crap. Yeah, yeah. The, um, to, that guy Glenn came into the audition. Uh, his name was uh, Matthew Glave, and what a great! He's like a theater guy. He's such a good guy, and man, nobody could have played that role better. I, all those names are great. Obviously, Jim Carrey's great, but I mean, yeah. there was something about the way he played it, and it was so genuine. And I'll give you a small antidote to show you what a good actor he is. He goes, uh, Frank, do you mind if? Um, when she wakes me up, I wake up and I'm chewing gum. And I go, yeah, that's funny. That's like a really unlikable thing. He goes, yeah. He goes, I had a roommate and I fucking hated this guy. And I came <laughs> home one, I woke up one morning and he was asleep in front of the TV from the night before he got wasted. And he had a sandwich in his hand, a peanut butter and jelly sandwich that he was eating while he was drunk. And when I woke him up, he woke up and he started finishing the sandwich that was in his mouth. Oh, no. What a repulsive thing. And he goes, can I do that? And I was like, yeah, that's fucking brilliant. So he's one of the, he's such a great actor and I'll never forget that strange little um, acting choice. And it, it really, uh, I think it really worked. So. Am I if dark think, here? I don't know what's happening. No, 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 you're fine. No, you're fine. Thank you. If you think the list for um, that role is long, the, the, the list of people that they say were linked to play, um, 
Julia's role, it goes, there's about 20 names and it's from Jennifer Lopez to Jennifer Aniston, Cameron Diaz, Katie Holmes, Jennifer Love. All right, so this is, this is 100% true. We, we came, conceived of the idea of doing a romantic comedy. We had the 80s idea. And New Line at the time had uh, just done um, Scream with Drew and they really liked her. And they said, hey, will you guys meet with Drew to talk about doing the movie? And we're like, you know, like that could be the coolest thing ever. The girl did E.T. and, you know, and at the time she had, had done some other smaller movies and wasn't in the spotlight as much. And um, we met with her and immediately like, oh my God, this girl is going to be, yeah, we already knew who she was, but we were like, as a romantic lead and funny and lovable, like one of the most lovable, I couldn't, I couldn't imagine anybody, any of those names and they're all good actors. So Drew actually got, got delivered to us from New Line and we met her and said, there's nobody better. And obviously those two have had amazing chemistry together on screen. So um, it's like one of those historic, I think, couples, yeah. you know, Fred and Jim. Uh, yeah, <laughs> we were going to ask about that. Did the, did the, sorry, can you carry on? Yeah, I was yeah. going to say, well, I mean, it worked out. I mean, it's worked out pretty well from, from the wedding singer to 51st date to blended. So, I mean, there's obviously something there. So people like to see him. So, I mean, to have... I know you don't know at the time, but to have that hand delivered to you, you can't really ask for a lot more, can you? Mm. No, no, no. It was wonderful. I mean, it was not zero hesitation, especially after we met her. We're like, oh my God, the world's going to fall in love. <laughs> and obviously they have on, on everything she's done. Yeah. Did, yeah, she's did, um, cool. Adam come with you to that meeting or is it kind of strictly you? So do you see that with them? In no, the yeah, theater? we did together. This is going to yeah, work. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 Totally. Um, we thought as well, and you just mentioned him, um, true as we have, the success of this film compared to some other like Adam Sandler films is um, that this one isn't just an Adam Sandler film, like say the waterfall you associate kind of solely with yeah. him for the most part. Whereas this is like Adam Sandler and Drew Barrymore films that you kind of wouldn't have the success if you had anyone else playing Drew Barrymore as you would if you have those two alongside each other. So the gelling of those was- two really completes it. I think what was interesting too about the wedding singer in a weird way, you know, listen, the actor always plays a character and, and Adam became Robbie Hart and Robbie Hart. So there's a lot of Adam and Robbie Hart loses his temper, but he, 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 to me, it was a testament for the first time of what a good actor he was. Cause I mean, I thought I knew he had romantic lead in him after um, Billy Madison, but Billy was an extension of Adam Sandler Happy Gilmore was an extension of an Adam Sandler character, you know, his, his sort of comedy persona. And Robbie Hart had tendencies, but he, he did become this sweet, not that Adam, Adam is sweet and he's a good guy, but I don't know. He, he really was an actor in a way that he became Robbie Hart. And, and the character wasn't as like, you know, big daddy Adam's playing closer to Adam. He loves yeah. doing that too. And, but then, you know, he, he always goes, I'd rather play myself. I don't want to be a liar. And I'm like, it's not lying. It's acting. And obviously <laughs> he's great. Cause he's not the guy in uncut gems. And he yeah. played that. Really, I mean, that's one of my favorite performances. Cause he, he, he's such a fucking asshole, but you like him and root for him. And that to me is an amazing, yeah. uh, a talent. This the, the innate charisma and choices he made. And uh, I'm pumping up all his other movies too, but it's just true. <laughs> Um, but yeah, yeah. So he, he yeah, Ro- I think Robbie Hart was a little bit different than a lot of things. Yeah, the Water Boy was a version of Canteen Boy. I don't know if you know Canteen Boy was a character he did on SNL. 
Um, and by the way, um, the new movie he has out now. He's he's a little bit Canteen Boy meets the Water Boy. If you see it, <laughs> he has a movie. I don't on think Netflix it's out now. here yet. Uh, it's, it's, it's coming week, out in October. Yeah, it's not out yeah. yet, but it's it's uh, it's uh, you'll see the trailer. Yeah, um, it's it's it, it's a throwback a little bit to a, a a socially dysfunctional character, and it's a Halloween movie. It looks oh, pretty nice. Good. I didn't see the whole movie yet. I usually do, but I didn't yet. With him in this one, do you have to? hold him back a bit because you can go so many places with this character and we see say that's my boy is the prime example of where he can run loose and he can do this and that whereas he does need to be a bit more refined with wedding singer to keep everything flowing smoothly you know you you, you we we created the movie together we know the tone so we we, yeah. we know to give him a playground you know love stinks is his chance to be angry you know and yeah. i think what's everything's very organic in the movie when he yells at his girlfriend you know good things i should have known yesterday you know it's like it was organic we were letting him do what he does but it came out of the character but the same way we approached the wedding singer like we approached the water boy as much as the water boy is like a comedy character we kind of were like it's kind of rain man but funnier like like yeah. we were like you are yeah. this guy you're not you know some comedians will just play a character uh, but we played it like it was a drama and it just happens to be funny. You know what I mean? Where like you, you commit to being yeah. the water boy, you commit to being, so everything really tracks when he fights with his mom and he's like, I like her boobies. They're like <laughs> real moments that could happen. I mean, the world was a little crazy and crazy giant catfish and snake, but we kind of commit to the tone. And, you know, that's why I think you've got some great movies on, on your list, like uh, Shaun of the Dead those are hard movies to pull off because you have to create a tone. Uh, Edgar's great, by the way. I'm a big fan of his, um, Edgar Wright. Um, it's about staying committed to the tone. And, and I think when movies go wrong is when, you know, you're, ah, it's too over the top. or that's You have to create the world and the tone and you have to stay committed. And I was always down on, uh, you know, I wanted to do weird art movies when I got out of film school. And I'm like, I can't believe I'm doing comedies. Uh, you know, and Americans think they're dumb. The Brits are really smart because they realize they're harder. And one day I realized it's a lot easier to do a drama because it's straightforward. Comedy, you can just get it wrong a lot easier. And mm. at some point I was like, oh, maybe I should just embrace this comedy thing. <laughs> 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 I got a knack for it. So, um, yeah, I've always respected the Brits for getting that comedy is, 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 you know, I think you guys revere it much more than we do here. You know, the people like comedy here, but the critics yeah. tend to be uh, yeah. You know, shit on it. Yeah. <laughs> I think, um, I mean, with the thing, with getting it wrong, more the problems, with a drama, with, with drama, you, you, as you say, if you play it linear and play it seriously, you, you're, there's only, a, depending on the subject matter, there's only going to be a, ser a certain amount of people that you can upset. There's going to be a limit to yeah. the amount of people you can upset. When you're trying to make a comedy, you can upset people for a multitude of reasons. So it, it, it is a lot harder to try and get tone and to, be, to know, it always seems to be, do you want to be subtle? Do you want to be on the nose and straight in your face? And when do you want to do it and when to, when to pull back? So it, to me, it, I, the reason we love it and half the reason we love it is how, how things are arrived at how, and how, where it comes from and, and what decisions are made about where you want to go with it. Yeah, an analysis I had one day, I was looking at my dog one day when I was stoned and I'm like, okay, I can scare him. He can be happy. He can be sad. I'm like, and I always try to make him laugh like, pop out from and then he just doesn't get it and i thought well he's definitely not going to get irony and so i was like wow <laughs> so so comedy is about intelligence i'm like you know who what animals laugh and i'm like 
monkeys and maybe dolphins and humans and, and maybe gorillas. And I'm like, okay, that's when I said it was like, oh yeah, comedy is actually the, the most layered, the most sophisticated mm-hmm. um, communication. It's like articulating why something's funny is such a, a, an abstract thing. And, and uh, that's why I work with Steve Coogan um, a bit. And, and he's yeah. one of these really analytical people. And me and him love to actually analyze why something's funny. It's like, well, if we take a micro pause before that, it's like, yeah, that's makes fun. Yeah, yeah. It's fun to, uh, I've gotten to work with some great comedians, Adam, Kevin James, Steve Coogan, and it's fun to be in these crazy minds with them and be a part of making some of their comedy translate to the big screen. And, it, you know, it's, I, I realized at some point, I'm not bad at this. <laughs> Thank you for confirming that for me because I was going to, you know, I won't change careers now. I'll stay. <laughs> it's gone okay <laughs> it's funny you say about um, critics reviews it seems half of the time of this bracket we spent defending Adam Sandler films against some of the critics reviews we've kind of read them like have they seen the same film as we have because this is genius yeah, I, mean, like, I, I, literally, I decided to tune them out but it's hard to not be affected but like I literally say there was not one laugh in the movie and I've on, especially yeah. we preview our movies and, and, and honestly when you preview a movie no matter where you go. I mean, obviously region to region, it changes, but generally when we preview a movie in one state, sometimes we've done it in another state, they laugh a little more, a little less, but the same laughs, you know, it's like, yeah, it, yeah. it's like, so I know it's almost a science that if people laugh in a movie, they laugh in a movie. So when I have a critic go, there wasn't one laugh in the movie. I'm like, where the fuck did you see the movie? Yeah. Like, in your room alone, angry at your mother? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it is crazy. I, I think at some point, it, 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 there's a certain weird bias um, by a lot of these sort of armchair critics. And, and it's funny because I'll give you an example. Um, when the Waterboy came out, a bunch, I can't remember. I mean, it's, you should watch the Siskel and Ebert review because one of them trashes it and the other one goes, I can't believe you. And I go, oh, great, he's going to like it. He goes, you even watch the movie? And I go, well, that is the quintessential thing you can't say because it's like that's obviously your bias. But at the same yeah. time as the Waterboy came out um, – Kingpin came out with, with, with yeah. Woody Harrelson. It was um, the Farrelly brothers. And and they talked about the Waterboy having fart jokes and being sophomoric. And I'm not going to say it wasn't sophomoric at times, but it wasn't really a fart joke. And Kingpin, which I thought was a really funny movie, had literally fisting a bull. I mean, like they went, that's the Farrelly brothers. They go, yeah. that shock value. And that was revered by the critics. And it, it, you realize there's a certain... It's a lot of critics adhere to this, like we're supposed to like this and we're not supposed to like Adam yeah. Sandler. And it's really horrible because I, you know, Blended came out and, and everyone, we felt so good about the movie. I'm proud of that movie. And, and, and I thought it was a really cool romantic comedy. It was about something different. It was about two people liking each other because they're parents. And, and it's like a good intention. And all the kids that worked on it were so proud of the movie. And I saw these little great. kids that are great, sweet act- actors and they were crushed when the reviews were just like, it was, you know, and it's like, <laughs> it holds up. Kids, like, I have babysitters go, my kids, I don't watch the movie five times. Like, it's weird how people decide that there's certain movies they can like and certain movies they can't like. And, you know, it's unfortunate, but I wish more critics were filmmakers. If you go back to the yeah. French New Wave days, uh, Truffaut and Godard, they actually had a, 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 a film, They went, I don't know if they called it Critic, uh, but they had a magazine called uh, Kaiju Cinema and it was filmmakers on filmmakers. And I feel like they were more 
I think it shouldn't be called a film critic. I think they should be called film enthusiasts. And instead of trashing movies, they should tell you about movies that you need to see. Yeah. I, I think the whole thing would function from a positive place as opposed well, to them wanting to have to trash a movie. Yeah. I'm biased. When we look back on um, That's My Boy, they're the harshest critics reviews we've ever seen. I mean, I've got two written down. One of them says, if you'll excuse me, I'm going to watch something funnier than That's My Boy. It's a video of my mother being torn apart by bears is the first <laughs> one. And there was another one that said, this film contains scenes of incest, masturbation, gerontophilia, statutory rape, and Adam Sandler. And it's like, if he wasn't as thick-skinned as he is seeing them, he wouldn't make half the movie he does now, but clearly he just brushes it off and onto the next one. Yeah, what else can you do? And, you know, at the end of the day, it's always been more important how people feel about our movies. And, and yeah. usually yeah. The, the, you know, the um, users, not the um, critics, those numbers are usually pretty high. And those numbers, by the way, are doctored too, because some people will just click on negative on Adam because they decided yeah. that, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. Yeah. it's horrible. It's like, I mean, the world right now, we're in need of integrity and, and, uh, yeah. and it's been happening. The internet, and, and I love technology, I love the internet, but in a lot of ways it, it created people having no empathy at all because you don't have to see the face of the person. I, I've written yeah. back a few times to people and said, <laughs> hey, sorry, you didn't get, I'll be nice about it. I'll take the high road and say, yeah. That wasn't really our intention. Um, you know, we were thinking it was this. And, and I remember one of the critics wrote back, wow, I forgot directors are human beings. I'm sorry. Uh, you know, he's like retracted when he said that. <laughs> so, you know, what, what can we do? Anyway, we make them for people to have fun. And it obviously yeah. works because you guys have enjoyed our movies. And yeah. making a list like yours means the world to me more than it does to be, uh, you know, Siskel and Ebert saying yeah. we're great. How, how nervous sorry, were you? One of the <laughs> how nervous were you when the day the wedding singer comes out because you spent so long doing obviously this you've got Adam well Simon, we shot in 34 days but yes it was a lot of pressure um and it was funny it was a little extra pressure because Santa came off um um uh it's not a bad movie but it didn't do well uh bulletproof and so we we're like geez you know and early on in your career you don't want to have you know two box office not hits in a row um, but we had shot the movie, but you remember we weren't really on the map in a big way. Right. So hmm. the expectation was, we just have to do a little better than, um, happy Gilmore, which did well, but it was a small, smaller, it's 27 million. I think the box office at the time. And so we were shooting the water boy cause we held the movie till Valentine's day. Cause we thought, Oh, it'd be cool to have a Valentine's day movie with Sandler. Yeah. Great date movie. The, the, yeah. the boyfriend will go, yeah, I'll go see a Sandler movie. <laughs> and it's a romantic yeah. movie. So yeah. um, we were shooting the Waterboy. We went to the premiere, and it was probably the best day of our life. We rented a bus. It was me, Drew, um, Sandler, Jack, my roommate, who was a producer, Covert, the limo driver. It was like all our buddies, Lachlan, I got the crooked eye. Uh, and it was about <sighs> 20 of us on a bus um, uh, the night of the premiere. And we were going from, and this is like now you kind of know going in what you're going to make with all the beta technology, whatever the, the, the data. Um, we would go into a theater on the bus. We were, it's funny, I remember we were playing um, Daft Punk Around the World just came out. We're, we're dancing on the bus and we'd go into a theater and we'd hide in the back and Adam had his baseball hat on and, and we would walk into theaters and, and this is in Manhattan and they're like, it's sold out on four screens. And we'd walk into the, I've never seen theaters literally 
not a seat left. We'd sit on the floor and watch the movie for five minutes. And then we'd jump on the bus and start dancing to Punk. Uh-huh. So it was literally like we could not, we didn't see it coming. We were hoping to do okay. And it was like, relatively, it was a fucking smash hit. Mm. And, uh, and then, and that, it was, it was like, the biggest thing for me is like, you just want your movies to do good. So you, uh, uh, you get to keep making movies. It's like, yeah. it's an amazing privilege to make movies. And I just, I always like, I don't care about the money. I just want to be able to keep doing this as long as I can do it. Well, you, know? you got your water boy. Oh, sorry, Kim. So I was going to say, you mentioned obviously now, you know, when a film comes out now, you know, roughly you've got an expectation of what it's going to do because of technology. Um, do you miss the anticipation? I know there's some worry, but do you miss well, the, well, listen, I, the I, butterflies listen, and the nerves? I, 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 what's missing now is because of Netflix. When you have a movie yeah. on Netflix, you don't have a big opening. I mean, they advertise and stuff, which is always fun. Uh, and I love the idea of Netflix because everyone can see your movie. And, and most people see most of my movies, believe it or not, even though they're theatrical, most of them. In the end, I think 100 million people see it on TV over the course of time, but only 10 million people, if you're lucky, see it in the theaters. So... yeah when it comes to the streamers it is i did ridiculous six and it's you have a big premiere on a big screen and you're like oh that's fucking cool it looks great a western and they're like okay tomorrow everybody's gonna see it on their tvs and there's no like your friend will be like hey i happen to catch your movie this week it's like it's it, it definitely i miss that when it comes more to um less about the box office anticipation more about just that, occasion. that opening in theaters excitement um, yeah although at the same time i do love Netflix because they're getting and streamers because so many movies that wouldn't have gotten made are getting made so it's it's yeah. it's a double-edged sword but uh, you know it, it makes me I'm, I'm in the middle of uh, doing the movie Sinbad and I'm doing that because I want to do a big epic you know action adventure that has to be seen in the theater so you know yeah hope I answered your question no, no, thank you. about how um, like pleased you are just that you can keep making them I don't know if you've been told this particular like stat before but the Waterboy is the highest grossing sports comedy of all time ahead of, um, you've got the longest yard, Talladega Night, Blades of Glory, Dodgeball. And you've got the Waterboy on top of there. So that must be something that really makes you proud there. That, that, that movie to me is a phenomenon because um, we just was a character. We used to make each other laugh. We had this kind of a Bobby Boucher was more of this weird guy that I don't know if you ever go to the supermarkets, you know, the guy that they hire that's a little off. And he just in America, <laughs> and they had just hired him to collect the super the, the baskets. Get the shows, and, yeah. And, uh, and we always just used to do it when we were make each other laugh. We had video footage of like this weirdo guy, and then to make it into a movie that was about football, and you know that was we all love football. I'm shocked when my British friends uh, and, and the worldwide audience eventually caught on to that movie because I mean, it's a lot of football and there's a lot of knowing the rules of football. So it baffles mm. me that it traveled so well, not when it came out, it didn't, you know, it was an American hit, but, um, over years. And I actually, for years, always heard more about the wedding singer when people walked up to me and said, Oh, you did that. And as time goes on, and I think it's because the kids that are watching it, um, they don't gravitate to romantic comedies when you're a little kid growing up. So, all these next generations, I think, have grown up with the Waterboy, which I'm flattered and honored, and and I'm so psyched that you know I worked with Conor McGregor, and um, wow. on, a, on a comedy uh, commercials. They're pretty funny if you see them. Um, they're like little movies. And uh, when he found out I did the Waterboy, he was just like ecstatic. He's like, "That's my fucking uh, name!" I'm like, "Oh, this kid's uh, you know, 28 or whatever." Now he's 30, whatever. Yeah, I was like, "Oh, it's so cool that the next 
generations are still embracing this movie that we made 20 years ago you know it's it's really awesome yeah, i can remember in school at the end of term when there's not much work going on there's always someone that would bring in a dvd and i, I can pinpoint it because i know at the start of um, secondary school the water boy would someone had it on dvd and so every lesson you'd end up just seeing the first hour just the first hour and then this lesson would end but so you know like word word for word and then at the end of school i can remember click was the dvd that was brought in and so we would see that constantly throughout i saw that in the cinema as well so it ties in quite nicely oh that's great i love it i was working with conor mcgregor was that fun yeah you know i, I was a little worried because I, I was trying to get in touch with him before i'm like is he gonna be a diva is he gonna be great <laughs> he worked so fucking hard and yeah. he, i was just worried because he never shot um I, I looked at everything he shot and it's like it was only like promo stuff so I was like, does he realize he's got to do like 10, 15 takes of stuff? And it, his, his fucking learning IQ was unbelievable because he got there and at just certain things you just assume. And he had never even held a script in his hand, you know. And yeah. the simplest lines, he's like, how do I say that line? I'm like, oh, wow, I got to give him like 101, you know. And I would tell him he would do it. Then I was, uh, uh, Lovitz is in the, uh, John Lovitz, uh, the comedian. I don't know if he, he was the guy that sang in the, um, the wedding singer. He's the other singer. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, He's in it, and I've worked with him a ton of times. I'm like, love it. Do it again. Do it again. He's like, wait, you do it a bunch of times. Why? He's like, to get in a real new con By the end of the first day, he went from a guy that didn't know how to read a script right to, like, fucking getting it. Like, he was funny. I go, yeah. dude, you're funny. I know. So trust me, you're going to. And he's fucking hilarious in these spots. Ah. Like, I want to do a movie with him because he's totally got the charisma. And, yeah. uh, and uh, I think he'd be great in an action movie. You know, him and The Rock or something <laughs> would be great to take the piss out of each other or something. <laughs> Yeah, it was really cool. They're, they're, they're called, uh, it was for a Pegasus, um, uh, it was for a horse race. It was the biggest purse horse race in the world. And so it was, he sure. becomes a jockey. And uh, it's a four skits leading up to the big race. And he literally ends up getting uh, uh, pulled off his horse because he wears this lucky scarf. And he runs, wins the race on foot against <laughs> a thoroughbreds on a real track. So, I mean, he literally had to sprint the track in that heavy mud. <laughs> Over and over, and he would. That was great because he was in shape. He was so good. He was so cool to work with. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. We'll get the him voice. in a movie. Yeah. <laughs> the voice is obviously one of the first things you associate with the Waterboy. Was I know you referenced kind of the character. Was that always going in? He was going to be doing that voice as the yeah. Character. So Sandler did on the album I, uh, we worked on the stuttering um, Southerner. It was a little of that. And then there was um, a little bit of Canteen Boy with the character take you to kind of type that. And and so we he sort of you know we kind of we took him from a few characters, but I gotta say the first um, preview of the movie, we thought it was really funny that he stuttered a lot. He stuttered so much that like our first score was like super low, and so we <laughs> back in the editing room and we just minimized not minimize we kept it just yeah. it was just every line was a stutter and big risk like, oh, yeah. no so <laughs> we, we figured it out we cut out a bunch and then saved it for you know mama said mama said mama said mama said <laughs> imagine the whole movie was that you'd be like <laughs> but you learn another thing that we read was that the the stadium you use um, at the land high school they essentially said that you could use the field if it was paid for to be refurbished after filming. Is that right? Or is that another? Yeah, 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 yeah. That, that's the kind of stuff. I mean, the greatest thing is like, if somebody wants to rent your house when you, for a movie, like we've literally people like, can you move a wall and then repaint? I'm like, yeah. Cause 
the amount of money, and we didn't have a lot of money on the word, but we had enough to, to yeah. donate to the school. So we love doing that kind of stuff. We love to like come in and use it and then give them what they need. Cause you kind of have to do a bunch of stuff anyway. So you might as well do what they want. Uh, but yeah, that was, that was, uh, that was, uh, uh, yeah, that, that was a fun field to shoot on. That was all in Florida and uh, it was good, good times there. They were nice people. Another thing being that you almost doubled the hype for the film that this was one of, I think, three films where they previewed the Phantom Menace trailer ahead of uh, the movie. So they said that you had a load of Star Wars fans going in to see um, yeah, I don't this remember as well. That. It, it rings a bell slightly, but um, I, 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 I probably didn't I was reading some news articles them. yesterday. <laughs> but that is a little bit of, honestly, that is a little bit of the strategy um, when you, when you, um, there's some, you know, you want to make sure there's a good trailer in front of your movie. There's yeah. a little bit. <laughs> I don't get too involved in that. I kind of trust the powers that be because I, I got enough to worry about with the movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, I was going to say, um, with with this, you've got Kathy Bates in there who's usually playing like very serious roles. I think this is a first credit to film after Titanic. So she's coming from Titanic uh sort of water boy there what did you have did she have any reservations coming on and playing a completely different character was it like straight in and she's well the, the, first of all we we always would write actors we wanted and this is the first time the person we wrote for said yes we were like what like we always just have a pipe dream and you know until later on then we get the people we wanted but at that point um you know sam had written a lot of people into different roles over the years and and um and they haven't done it and um Kathy Bates, uh, a lot of the character is based a little bit. I mean, it was influenced by, she won the Academy Award for the Stephen King novel. Um, she breaks the Misery. Misery. It's definitely got that vibe. So yeah. She was a little bit like, you dirty bird. Like a lot yeah. of those, like, like uh, 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 what's, the, what's the word I'm looking for? Like um, superstitious things you say, or, you know, pick up sticks. She was sick, yeah. sick, like, so we, we kind of were influenced by that but we thought well it was the comedy version because in a weird way if you you could go back and watch misery she's great but it is kind of funny if you if you're not watching <laughs> she's a funny character so we wrote it for her never thought she'd say yes and what happened was she has a great story she tells her um niece uh uh was like what scripts do you have and oh my god adam sandler i love adam sandler so her niece was like you have to do this movie you have to so she read it I thought, oh God, this is so stupid. And then <laughs> she ended up thinking, oh, maybe I could do this. And and it was funny because if you see um, Titanic, we were so excited when she said yes, because she's actually funny. If you see that movie, she actually, her character is comic, not comedy comedy, but she's a funny Texan. Mm. Um, and so like, oh my God, she's good at being funny. But we knew she's a great actress. So when she did it, she was just outstanding. And, and I got a funny story because normally actors don't, come to dailies dailies is when you watch the footage back from the day before and usually the crew's there and you generally the general rule is you don't want actors to see themselves because they get self-conscious but kathy said hey do you mind if i come to the first couple of days of dailies and i'm like you're royalty you're a pro like <laughs> you know better than me she came and she literally laughed so hard she had to run out and she peed herself on the way out. She was like, <laughs> so she had like a fucking ball on the movie, but like, we were just like, Oh my God, she's the greatest actress ever. Um, the other, another really interesting story is she got there and she had done movies with a lot of Southern accents, like fried green tomatoes and, 
and um, we shot the first scene we shot with her is her in bed when she's going through the book and saying that that's daddy so handsome you know that whole scene and she was doing more of her fried green tomatoes kind of more refined southern accent and what happened in the course of the movie is adam had to get you know she got more of this new orleans crazy accent <laughs> through osmosis and getting the movie and getting looser with the comedy and it was one of those you know lucky things that it worked really great that the scene she's more refined is when she's calmer and in the hospital and all the earlier scenes that we shot later, she has the crazy, you know, who'd you do with my boy? You know, that kind of stuff. <laughs> so like, it was just like one of those things that the film gods were on our side and, uh, and it shows what a great actress she is. And she, she quickly adapted to the, the crazy accent. You know, mm. you, you teamed up, um, obviously Adam Sahan and Drew Barrymore on your watch. This is also the first time that, Rob Schneider's in a film with um, Adam Sandler there. So is he someone that you, you picked out and thought would be great together? He, well, they the go back, Sandler and, and Schneider go back to the SNL days and they, you know, they did so many skits together and so many things together. Um, so it was just inevitable um, that we would have him and he gets to comedy. And I, I think he's, he's, he, you know, critics kill him too, but he, he, I, I'm going to liken him to, um, uh, um, Pink Panther, what's his name? Um, one of my great, greatest comedian actors ever. Peter Sellers. Peter Sellers. Um, I feel like he reminds me so much of him because Peter Sellers could embrace like a foreign guy and somehow bring some. Schneider's a genius, and I, I'm sure critics would fucking laugh my ass out at me, but <laughs> he really has the ability. He, again, he, he, he anchors, he, he goes to a big character, but he becomes the guy. You know, yeah, he's always yeah, like in, 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 in um, Click. He had to put a note. He likes to have something to become the guy. You know, it just I know, he reminds me of Peter Sellers. I know I'm going to get killed by some people saying, that, <laughs> "I think he's that good." And yeah, so that was he was just a Cajun guy, and he was uh, he was super fucking hilarious. And and obviously his catch line that Tim Hurley he wrote, which is "You can do it." It's become a part of the fabric of sports and mm. transcended <laughs> sports is amazing when I think about it. You know? Yeah. Mm, with um click then so you go into that only one last thing on the water boy did you notice notice, uh that crazy actor that played adam's dad at the end that shows up (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) incredible (laughs) just so you know like i i I didn't i i i took a photo of myself that i'm in the book when she's going through um uh you know that's your dad he's so handsome I made the fucking grossest face I could ever make. <laughs> and that was it. And the movie used to end with him winning the game. And the studio was like, look, people are loving the movie. We want to give you money to go and shoot another ending because they're not ready to leave. It's such a high note. And they were sitting around brainstorming. What could it be? What could it be? And then I was like, oh, fucking no. I know what the ending is. I'm like, that guy? <laughs> has to materialize. I'm like, this is really going to ruin my love life. <laughs> that was how that came, and then we shot it. Nice. Going into Click, 10 years after doing the wedding scene, I wondered if anything anything changed with the way that you and Adam then worked together, because he's done plenty since then, you've worked since then, or is it just like you just click back in and everything's back as it was. Me and him, uh, you know, we ago. were friends, so we stayed in touch, and, and we, we grew. Was it that much longer? I'm not sure it was that much. It was in, in real time. It was, we shot The Waterboy in 98, 
and we shot Clayton. Oh, yeah. Sorry, after. So what it's like three years. or four years. Yeah. But the thing that changed was, you know, we shot the wedding singer in 34 days. We shot the water boy in 42 days, which is re- relatively not many days uh, mm-hmm. at all. And suddenly I get to click and it's like, oh my God, this is what it's like to have a budget. We were shooting, you know, <laughs> instead of five pages a day, we we're shooting one page a day. You know, the budget was like 90 million. And, you know, I had uh, Academy Award winning DP. I had like, the, you know, we could afford building sets that were insane. It was like, it was just like going from like indie filmmaking to like biggest Hollywood films at the time. So more than anything, it was like, we had more money and more time uh, and, and I could think bigger, you know, and, and uh, you know, so that, that was the biggest difference, but me and Adam's groove was always really good. And what was nice about that movie was um, what wasn't nice is his dad had passed, but it would, the intention was to make something that, you know, was a bit more substance, a little more meaningful and, um, and, and kind of just embracing the loss of Adam's dad. And obviously his dad was a big influence in his life his whole time. And, and he's, he's the opening logo. I don't know if you know, that's who the guy is on uh, Adam's happy Madison logo. Um, he oh, always goes terrific. That's his dad. Um, so, so this movie was super important. I was honored to get to make a movie and, you know, we took death head on, which is not an easy mm. thing to do in a comedy. And we were super, we're, we're editing it and we're going, this is fucking great. People are going to love it. And I remember the first preview you're really cocky until all of a sudden I always, uh, the preview, the first preview is first time an audience of people you don't know is going to see it. I always kind of, nobody knows who I am so I can walk out and I always look at the line of 500 people that are about to basically determine what my life's going to be like. Cause however they rate it is how much the studio is going to be excited. So I walk down the line and there's just like, 16 year old kids with like Lakers jerseys and bandanas on their head. I'm like, Oh my God, these guys don't want to cry. This is the worst <laughs> idea. I went from the most confident to like going in the back. I'm like, Salah, we fucked up. We're dead. They're going to hate it. <laughs> and uh, I couldn't believe it. They cried and they liked it. So that was, uh, that was one of those, we took a chance uh, um, and, uh, and it worked, you know? Well, yeah, I messaged both uh, TK and Keenan after rewatching it again on Sunday night. And I said, I always wondered because you kind of go into a comedy usually expecting just an easy laugh the whole way through and this almost kind of like slaps Fuck you out you of up. nowhere and you're like <laughs> oh, close close to tears. So uh, my question was going to be what the main thinking was towards it and how much of a risk it is, but I guess you've... Yeah, you know what? One of, some off. of the things though, I think, I think some of the way that helped... Look, for me, tone is everything, right? To me, the reason Quentin Tarantino is a genius is he found a way to mix violence and comedy. And, and maybe we forget now, but when he first did Pulp Fiction and, and uh, Reservoir Dogs, it was something totally new. You know what I mean? Nice. It was like, we hadn't seen anything quite like it. There'd been different people, but he, 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 and so, and it's funny, I, I don't think, because I do big comedies, people don't like to we go, oh, the direction. But I think we, we found a good tone in things like The Wedding Singer and The Water Boy in that the minute it gets a little schmaltzy or heartfelt, we make people laugh. They earn our trust and then we go for it in the end and they take the full ride because they go, we're in good hands. These guys aren't too corny. And I think what Click was like, okay, how do we get there? And I think part of what worked was we kind of give you the dog dying earlier and it's sort of an in-between. It kind of fucks you up that, that, Mm. that, 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 that the dog's dead. And then we make you laugh with the little fucking pooch. 
And I feel like <laughs> it, it, it was sort of a warm up to go, guys, this, you're going to have some fucked up shit coming. You know what I mean? So I, 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 I like to think it was, in a way, the click I feel like was a, for myself as a challenge was one of the bigger challenges ever because it was a big, you know, it's a, it's a, I always go, it's a tough needle to thread to get people to laugh and deal with Henry Winkler and the choir and, you know, and, and, and Morty being the angel of death, uh, you know, so for me, it's, it's, it's exciting that it worked. And, and I, I, I do, I, I, you never have favorites as a director, but I am really proud that that one worked because it was the, one of the bigger risks. I think you mentioned, um, you mentioned trust, obviously, about the normal films. You trust that people think they're in good hands. I think the other way that Click manages to, to get through it without sort of ruining the other aspects of the film is it's an, it's an older Adam. So if, you've got, if you were trying to make Click in 98 with this young guy trying to do this, not, not as well known. I don't know if the reaction's the same, but I mean, by the time Click comes out, Adam Sandler is Adam Sandler. Like, he, he, probably to the point that he could, there's not a street he could walk down without being without someone stopping him. So it, there is a trust there and it's to ease in and to know sort of what you're going to get. And so the twists, uh, whilst they might be more, more shocking, you're in a safe pair of hands. There might be more violent twists, but you sort of know where you are at all times. Oh, good. Well, I'm glad that's how you, that's how you took it. And we, we try to make movies that are organic to our lives in a way. Cause like, um, blended, I know it's not on your list, but, um, it's about, a romantic comedy about two parents coming together and it's like yeah. I, i'm not a parent yet but i, I all my friends are and adam was it, it, it's like and drew became a parent so it's like you try to make movies you know about um you know what i mean like i think scorsese said just if you tell a story tell a true story uh, you know what i mean I, I see something like mm. that i'm getting the quote wrong but it, i think you is your intentions are genuine um you know obviously take some skill to learn the craft I think that's is super important, um, you know. But then sometimes you just make a silly movie that, like, The Water Boy was just purely <laughs> fun. But it was about bullying and not bullying, and and mm. it was about stuff that we we felt passionately about. But it was, you know, it was more like let's just make people laugh, you know, and 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 lace in the themes that we know are a good message for for you know. If a kid watches The Water Boy, I think they can walk away uh, a little dumber, but a little bit better person. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess that being a little bit more serious and emotional in Click, were you excited to see Sander sort of flex his acting muscle a bit I, I more? I knew he had before. it in him, but I, I yeah. felt honored to be the guy to, 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 to direct it. It. the yeah. first um, movie where he literally had to make people cry. And, and um, <laughs> you know, the scene when he finds out his dad dead, his dad died, and he Bruce, missed it. You know, it's it horrible. <laughs> it's horrible, but it was funny. Sandler, it's like, he was great to other, and it was one of those days where it's like he couldn't cry he couldn't cry and oh. we're trying everything we're trying everything and i'm like i know him so well and, and he has a really dear close relationship with his mom and 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 it's like fuck he's like i don't know what to do and i said like, take a minute take a breath and then i just dawned on me and i walked up and i said this is horrible but i was like your mother goes to bed every night missing your dad and then he just started crying, I'm like, roll the cameras! Because <laughs> his dad had passed away recently, you know? And I, I just yeah. knew that was the, the, and he was happy that I did that, you know? 
because uh, he was <laughs> fucking crying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You got a close relationship. <laughs> yeah, it's, but that, that's the beauty of no, you know, having yeah. a trust and no one's. And I knew I wasn't going to get punched in the face for saying that. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't one hundred percent sure. <laughs> you um, you mentioned Morty there. We've. Uh, heard a few things about working with Christopher Walken. We've heard he's quite a character sort of on set. He's got quite a dark sense of humor. How was it working with him? He's fucking insane, and he's brilliant, and he's uh, uh, wonderful. He he literally rehearses his lines really, really like he literally all those pauses. They're premeditated. Like he he knows his stuff inside and out. Um, to me, the funniest thing was like I, when I first met him. We went to dinner. And and uh, and I'm sitting there at dinner, and and I have a tendency to like keep the conversation going. In the middle of a sentence, he would just stop talking and just stare. And I would, in the beginning, I kept trying to fill the air, and then I realized, oh no, no, this is never going to work because you just start saying stupid shit. So I'm like, okay, if he stops talking, you stop talking. And so we have these conversations, and then we just both stop talking. We'd be in a restaurant, both just looking. <laughs> <laughs> he is really like a fucking alien. Uh, but he's brilliant, and 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 he he was great, and we were, that's another case where we wrote the part for him, and I couldn't imagine. I don't know who could have done no, that role. No, you know, what I mean, he's just he was Morty. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's fucking great. He's he's weird and funny, and I was glad I got him to do a little dancing in there. You know, I had seen him my whole life. I I watched him, a New York guy. I you know, uh, King of New York is one of my favorite movies. He was in like everything he's done. Even those music videos for Fat Boy Slim, or uh, I've never seen him where he dances in those. Uh, he's so brilliant. Um, yeah, it was fun to get to work with him, man. He's he's fucking kooky. <laughs> I think Another he's an one, alien uh, for sure. Mention <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> some of the the trivia you get on IMDb. I mean, you quash some of the. They say that reportedly you had lined up Drew Barrymore for the role of that Kate Beckinsale takes in Click. Is that? Accurate or that's is that not accurate. No, no, no. I'll tell you when there are. There's some stuff I read that's true. That one's not true either. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, yeah. uh, we were like, wow, we got Kate. She's hot. <laughs> she's funny as fuck, though. She's she's a Brit, you know. So she's yeah. smart and funny, and she can roll with the boys. She's she'll tell a good fart joke. <laughs> uh, by by the way, her American accent though was great. You know, that's not yeah. easy to do. No, you know? but you Brits are better at it than we are doing your accent. We Dick Van Dyke it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you said about the soundtrack of um, The Wedding Singer earlier, and ever since I watched uh, Click, I've had Linger by the Cranberries stuck in my head. I can't get it out at all. And then Are you song? I read the, is she in the film at the wedding? Or she, yeah, sadly, she yeah. passed recently. Um, yeah. Uh, rest her soul. She was amazing. We Again, it was just like Sandler had loved that song and uh, and he, he picked that song and said, why don't we get her to sing it? And I'm like, it doesn't make sense, but it doesn't matter. You did, In the movie, you just think she's a singer. Um, um, but yeah, she did it. Um, oh God, I'm blanking on her name. She was great. At Dolores. Um, Del- Dolores, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, we were just psyched that she did it. And uh, um, um, so sad she's gone. She... I guess she's had the depressed thing going, the clinically depressed. And uh, but yeah, it was cool to have her sing that song. And it, <laughs> it, to me, it was like it, the, the, her words. Uh, it just made that scene even more emotional, you know. Yeah, it was cool. The the concept with the universal remote, I guess, is so many different paths you could have taken with it. Is there anything that you filmed that stands out that didn't make it to the film that you look back on and think 
it, it was funny, but just didn't make the final cut. Oh, yeah. You know, there's some good – it's funny. Recently, I was watching some of the outtakes that I forgot. There's a, um, there's a scene when Sandler's fat. I'm, my God, when I think of the scene now, I would never get away with it with me, too. And he <laughs> wait, and you remember the two um, hot girls that work for um, uh, his boss, Amer? Yeah. Work for yeah. After the remote and that whole scene when you realize he's fat, he wakes the two girls pop out of bed. He was having a threesome with them. Like it's so hilarious. I forgot how funny it was, but it was just just a bridge too far. You know, he was just like, (laughs) nobody wants to think about that big fat guy having a threesome. (laughs) We would have got crushed. Now I think uh, uh, you know it's funny how time changes things. Um, That was pretty funny. And there's another scene with Terry Crews. On the way home, because uh, if you remember, he's singing. And on the yeah, way home, yeah. we see each other again, and they end up going like, ah, and they sing a song together. <laughs> that was, uh, uh, it's just like, you know, you just, when you cut stuff out, it doesn't mean it's bad. It means you just, you know, you have luckily enough good stuff that you don't yeah. need it. But um, yeah. it is fun to watch. I was shocked. There was a lot of, a couple other ones. It's worth, if you, for you guys, if you watched it and enjoyed it, it's worth getting the extra scenes. I think they're probably, trying to think of how i saw them i probably have them on my computer but um yeah they, they they are pretty fun to watch now if you like the movie so you said about comedy changing there and it's been a lot more in the most recent years did you sense that anything had changed between wedding singer and click that you could do then or was it still just all par for the course here's a really interesting thing the hollywood reporter did a report did a story on and this is going to shock you because on the wedding singer and they weren't really ripping on us, but they go, the scene, and it's shocking because the tensions of the scene are so uh, uh, sweet and nice, but we couldn't do it now. When they're at the bar mitzvah and the boy yeah. drops his hands <laughs> down and then Adam takes a 13-year-old. Yeah, 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 yeah. And we're like, oh my God, like, it, it, and obviously you even see the movie now, you don't even think about it, but if it came out now, we couldn't yeah, do couldn't that. Do it. Oh. It makes me try to analyze, like, wow, what changed? Because I know the intention of that was not bad. And I, no one no. got any bad feeling. Zero. No, no one. But I don't know what happens if a 13-year-old girl sees it now. Did she see it and go, that's right? I don't know how. It, it's a phenomenon to think Yeah. how that. I, I don't think this guy right here would do that again, even with that no. intention. Um, and so I don't know no. how to. It makes me go like, as a filmmaker, how do you prevent yourself from doing something that 20 years from now? It's really amazing how the the mores uh, can literally Mm. shift in our lifetime. Um, I think think if we start if we start trying to predict trends, like you say, trying to do oh, something, yeah, like, you can't, you, yeah, yeah. you might, we might as well just pack it in and go on. Cause you can't like, comedy is for shit for sure. Cause the whole yeah. thing about comedy is you push it right to the edge. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. I mean, uh, you take a chance with any, with any, to be the best, like you say, to push it to the edge, you take the chance that it might become distasteful, but in the moment, do, 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 do you really, how worried are you about something that you've done in the past becoming distasteful if it's received well at the time? I, I don't, I don't really, I, I, in the moment, you know, when you're doing something and you try to push things to the edge, but again, yeah. a lot of it is intention. It's like, yeah, for doing horrible stuff and, yeah. uh, you know, but like some comedians that have said stuff, you're like, see how they rebound from what they did, see what their remorse is, see what their intention was. And, you know, um, I think you ha- you can't, 
put people in jail for life and, and you know, in symbolic <laughs> jail, um, unless they literally, you know, obviously cross the line. I mean, yeah. you can't, I'm saying you can't compare the rapey stuff uh, with a comedian saying something. Yeah. No, absolutely. You know, like especially if he retracts it and, and says, yes, when I said, and, and my intentions were this, or now I realize even my intentions were bad. Like Louis C.K. did a bunch of stuff that he's basically said the right things now about, you know, mm. you know, I, I, everyone I asked to whack off, they said yes, but now I realize that doesn't make it okay. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, the yeah. right response. I'm not saying anything he did is right. I'm just saying his intentions uh, and his remorse is, is um, you know, the, what you want to hear from people. I, I always think it's quite interesting. You said about sort of going to culture, call it cultural jail or whatever it might be. I always think it's interesting that there seems to be a different, there's no, there's always a different time limit. Everyone's, most people seem to bounce back unless you, unless it's a physical crime, most people will bounce back. I hope so. Says, I want to, yeah. I want to believe that. I mean, you look I, at the old James Bonds with Sean Connery. And you're like, yeah, <laughs> holy fucking shit. You're like, he literally that. like slaps girls on the ass and, and like, you know, it's like, you're like, holy shit. I can't, I grew up on that shit and I didn't even realize, no, I mean, like, you know, uh, I mean, I'm glad that's not around. I'm not like, yeah, that should be that. Like, I think it's yeah. disrespectful <laughs> and, and uh, I, I guess it's good that we progress and sometimes we go far, but usually there's a reason pendulum swings too far. It's because it was yeah. so fucked up. So I'm okay yeah. with it. I just don't yeah. want to hold people for life in jail and in, 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 uh, yeah, moral jail or whatever you called it. That was a good term you said. What'd you just call it? Uh, I called it cultural jail, but moral cultural jail is very good. It's part of the culture. James Bond's a great example because even the films were toned down, were toned down version of Ian Fleming's James Bond. There were still things that they couldn't put in the films they were making in the sixties that are in the original books. Like yeah, yeah. there's a there's a lot more of a darker character and with a lot more prejudice. Yeah. So it's funny how even that twenty years on when they made Doctor No, it was like, oh, I don't think we can do this now. So it's it's an ever shifted yeah. landscape. I remember seeing a news story five years ago where they were saying they wanted James Bond to um, start using a condom and they wanted to have a shot. <laughs> And the rapper there because they wanted to really make James Bond responsible. So. I like that. That's funny. That's a funny too, though. That's 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 fine. Uh, uh, I mean, is Idris Elba going to be the next James Bond? That would be fucking cool. I heard rumors. I love, I love that. Uh, we all, yeah, I think we all would, right? He's such yeah. a boss. Except the assholes in America. Yeah, I was going to say. Not, I mean, there's people, <laughs> over, people over here as well. It's, it's not just that. God, but, that's happening all over the world. Fucking crazy yeah. race. Thank you for giving us so much of your time yeah, today. Thanks a lot. Really oh, cool, appreciate man. It. I hope that was good for you guys. And, uh, yeah, brilliant. Thank, listen, you. I, uh, right. thank you so much. I'm honored that you put three of my movies, man. That's uh, yeah, Thank you. That's cool. Uh, 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 it makes me sleep good at night. <laughs> All right, cool. Good luck with everything. I really thank appreciate it. Thank you so much. You too. Take care. Cheers. Bye, guys. Thanks. Bye.